not one, but two contract extensions for important figures for the Buffalo Sabres. That's what we had here on Wednesday, pushing back our Atlantic Division preview at least one day out from the start of the season. We've got extensions for Matthias Samuelson and head coach Don Granato. We'll break it all down coming up on Locked on Sabres. You're Locked on Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in today to the Locked On Savers podcast and making us your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including our YouTube channel. Be sure to hit us up on YouTube where you can watch the show. You can like and subscribe, leave a comment or a question in the YouTube comment section or on Twitter at at Sneaky Joe Sports for myself at Locked On Savers for our podcast account. We've got news to get to. On today's show, we were originally planning an Atlantic Division preview for the rest of the Atlantic Division after doing a a one-on-one with Armando Velez of Locked On Panthers on Tuesday. Um, But today, we will get to the extensions for Don Granato and Matias Samuelson as we are just over 24 hours at the time of recording, at least, from the start of the season, the Sabres and the Ottawa Senators Thursday night uh, at 7 o'clock. I will be in attendance. I cannot wait to be in the arena I'm hopeful, very hopeful for attendance. Uh, Last year I looked because there were still COVID ramifications and there were border issues. The border was still closed, I think, at that point when the Sabres faced the Canadiens to open up the 2022 season last year, 21-22. And we had less than 9,000 people in attendance. The Sabres had, what was it, 47% attendance in their opener last year but again no Canada no Montreal fans if you even want that but no Canada a lot of Southern Ontario uh, big Sabre fans from Southern Ontario were not able to get there and we were in a dark dark place with the team we were still coming out of that pit and now we are much uh, further out Uh, we're climbing out uh, little by little and uh, the two individuals that signed extensions today that we'll talk about are uh, a reason for that. Um, but tomorrow night, you know, what? what's fair to expect? 13,000, 14,000, maybe 15,000. I would like to say a couple of thousand below a sellout uh, would be the minimum that I would hope for. Um, and maybe I'll be surprised. Maybe there'll be a sellout. I don't know how to tell that right now. I could look at the secondary market and have, and it's hard to kind of gauge it based on that. So we'll see what we get. But I'm hopeful for a really nice atmosphere and uh, some optimism and some hope from Sabre fans going into this year as they play a team that will preview more tomorrow, but there's a, there's, this is a measuring stick, you know, not this game alone, but the whole series with Ottawa throughout the year. Can they have a winning record against the Ottawa senators from beginning to end? Because that's a team that they're going to have to stay above Ottawa. They made big moves and we'll talk about them tomorrow before I get run rolling on Ottawa. But um, it's an interesting opponent, even though it's not like a marquee opponent, but an interesting one uh, that they will face tomorrow night. So we got two extensions to get to, and we'll start with the one that came out first this morning. The Sabres announced that they will be that they have signed head coach Don Granado to a multi-year contract extension. Now they didn't officially announce what multi-year meant, but we did get details from TSN's Pierre LeBron thereafter uh, saying that 
Granado had two years left on his contract. So he had this year and next year. And the Sabres, by doing this move, are adding two more years to it. So starting in 24-25 and then 25-26. So what that does is it ties Don Granado to the team, at least his being under contract, for the next four seasons, including this upcoming one. Four seasons of Don Granado. Now, coaches can be fired at any point. These contracts can be ripped up at any point by the teams. They do not have financial ramifications to have to answer to that and have consequences to it. So it doesn't officially mean that Don Granado will be here for four years, but it is a bit of security for him. And, uh, you know, it's time to buy a house if you're Don Granado. Buy a house, put your roots down, because if this works, you're not going anywhere for a really long time. Uh, I love the move. I love the move. By the way, the money, just under $2 million. I have no clue where that ranks among head coaches in the league. I know it's not near the top at the very least because the guys at the top are getting a few more million than that, four or five million, but uh, under $2 million for Don Granado to be the head coach of the Buffalo Sabres per year. I do love this move. I have been thoroughly impressed by Don Granado, and I did not expect that to happen when he was first hired. When he was made the interim head coach after firing Ralph Kruger, I thought, all right, just a placeholder, get through the season, and then I'll have my coach search after that. And little by little, game by game, week by week, every time he talked, every time they had a game, every time he spoke about young players, I came away more and more impressed because he sees the game differently than many head coaches. And that is... You know, there's a movie script about this. There's an analogy somewhere in my head that I need to pull out that I just don't have off the top of my head of bringing in a guy that you think is different, that you think is going to be the secret sauce, and he doesn't give you what you're looking for. And what the Sabres, what I loved about the Ralph Kruger idea to go back many years now, is this three years ago now, four years ago? The reason I liked Ralph Kruger as an idea was... He provided a hope that we'd have something different, that he would think of the game differently because of his background, because he wasn't just a hockey guy. You know, he was in charge of a English Premier League soccer team. He coached the game hockey on an international level, coaching Switzerland at the Olympics and coaching um, Team North America at the World Cup. I thought that we'd have a guy that would think things differently than just any old NHL head coach. And what we ended up getting out of Ralph Kruger was the same old, same old. There was nothing dynamic. There was nothing special. It was just kind of a a blah, no aggressive forecheck, stagnant defenseman, not, not a lot of creativity. There was just really nothing going on. And burying good offensive players like Jeff Skinner on the bottom six, not putting players in a position to succeed. Then Granado comes in. Kruger's fired. We realize there's nothing different about him, nothing unique, special. And then we look and see Granado, and, oh, this is what I thought I was getting, at least me specifically. I, I know everybody thought this about Kruger. But for me it was, oh, Granado is exactly what I thought we were getting with Ralph Kruger. He's the guy that, oh, yeah, I'm not afraid to put Sam Reinhardt at center because he's done it before. And I'm just going to try it and see what happens. Like, let me experiment a little bit. And he's the guy that put Tage Thompson at center. When I guarantee you that the number of NHL coaches that would have thought to do that, put that body type at center is, I could count them on one hand, if there's any at all that are not named Don Granado. 
So moving guys around positionally, how about being aggressive, caring about the style of hockey you play, making it offensive, making it fun to play in, not just for the fans to watch because it's good for us, right, that we get to watch an entertaining product, which he has said before. He has said the words, I know that we're in the entertainment business when talking about the style of hockey that he wants to play. Don Granato wants to play 5-4 hockey. He wants to win games 5-4. to four. On the other hand, Granato, um, for the players, they like playing this style. It's He said it. It's fun scoring goals. It's fun to open up the floodgates and take chances. And also, he just has the perfect dynamic and the right mentality when it comes to developing young players. And he obviously would have experience with that. The college ranks, the AHL level, the United States National Development Program. Granato has become a great teacher. And He's not a punisher. He's not John Tortorella where you make a mistake in practice and he's going to bag skate you. No, he's going to he's going to sit you down and he's going to show you what you did wrong and he's going to try to get you to learn from it, but he's not going to berate you. He's not going to be a drill sergeant. He has the right mentality for today's NHL coach while also thinking about the game differently than you see from most NHL coaches and being willing to take chances, being willing to move guys around positionally, being willing to be aggressive and fight for the, the the have guys run up on the four check and go all out and try to score goals, even when he knows he's not the most talented team in the league. It's what hockey, it's what it's how you get the most out of young players, how you develop them, it's how you get them to take steps. So every little thing Granado has done along the way has impressed me. And the list of guys, players that have flourished under Granado compared to past regimes, I mean, Rasmus Dahlin, that's one turned into an all-star defenseman under Don Granado. How about Jeff Skinner refinding his game? 30 plus goals. Why did that happen? Because Don Granado took Skinner away from the fourth line with Vladimir Sabatka's and he put him with scorers. He put him with Tage Thompson. He put him with Alex Tuck. He put him with Dylan Cousins. He put him with guys that he knew could get the most out of Jeff Skinner. He salvaged a player that many around the league thought could have been toast, done, an anchor of a contract for the remainder of it. Granado has refound his scoring touch. How about Kyle Poso? I mean, that might that one might be a coincidence. I don't know. But he did put Oposo on the power play, which maybe sparked his offense a little bit. Oposo, first time in his Sabres career. Bilesma, Housley, Kruger. Granado shows up. 20 goals for the first time as a Sabre, and he matches his high as a Sabre with 45 points in year six of a contract that for four years at least has looked like a pretty bad one. So Oposo has found his game again. And of course, Thompson. Thompson is the number one. Thompson is, how did you manage that? You turned that guy a complete afterthought, a complete guy that had been written off as a prospect and a, and a joke, the the punchline of a joke that was the Ryan O'Reilly trade. You turned that into a 38-goal center? That deserved a contract on its own. Just Thompson's development, if I don't even count the other guys, just Thompson's development deserved a contract extension. The only guy of the whole team, you've got six-plus defensemen, 12-plus forwards, and goalies, two goal, two, three goalies. There's only one individual that really hasn't improved under Granado. And it's Henry Okiharu. If there's one criticism I have of Granado, it's 
Henry Okiharu has regressed and regressed significantly under Don Granado. I don't know how much of that is Granado, but you know, I have to include him because if I'm going to give him a lot of credit for the guys that have progressed, I have to, you know, put it on him when there's one guy that has regressed. But again, score is what? Six to one in favor of guys that have gotten better. Maybe it's 10 to one. Maybe it's 20 to one. I don't really know, but it's at least four. Those four names I mentioned, Thompson, Skinner, Oposo, and Dalim. So love the Granado move. Love that he's going to continue to be the head coach. I hope he's the Sabres head coach for a very long time. I really am rooting for him. I hope it works. Um, I'm, I'm just, I'm rooting for Don Granado. I, I think he says things that are interesting, and I don't want to make that the reason why I think he's a good coach, but it is the reason why I'm rooting for him because he's a thoughtful individual. He's an interesting individual. He's a smart individual. He cares about the city. He cares about the team, um, and that should not matter to his job performance. Um, it's a reason why I'll root for him. It's not a reason why he should remain the head coach. They need wins. And I do wonder a year from now how this will all sound because the honeymoon phase is nearing its end unless they get good. If they get good, they could prolong it. But if they stay stagnant, if they plateau, the honeymoon phase will end. And a year from now, Don Granado will face criticism. And a year from now, Don Granado will be someone that we're talking about as how much rope does he have? If they only have 75 to 80 points, depending on how the season looks, if they're not getting saves, that could change things. But a lot of seasons where they only have 75, 76, 77 points, which is right around their over-under, a year from now, he's still the head coach, but we're talking about, do we have the right guy in charge? And he has a chance here, if they can progress, get to 85 points, be in a playoff race, even if it's not into the final weeks, but into the final month of the season, and they progress to that, and power looks great, and Darlene keeps looking great then I think he'll get a lot of marks for that and he'll um, have a lot of job security and fans throughout the fan base. So that's where we are on Don Granato, a multi-year contract extension for the Buffalo Sabres head coach. When we come back, another extension, Matias Samuelson. This one floored me. I did not see this coming. It doesn't mean I hate it at all. In fact, I kind of like it, but man, I did not see this coming. I am stunned at this extension happened the day before the season. Matias Samuelson, seven-year deal. We'll get to that when we come back here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. And the Locked on Sabres podcast is brought to you by Simply Safe. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. I know because I use Simply Safe in my own home. They protect you with cutting edge security technology powered by 24/7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. With 24/7 professional monitoring, Simply Safe's agents call you the moment a threat is detected and they dispatch police or first responders in an emergency, even if you're not home or can't be reached. Simply Safe blankets your home in protection with Advanced sensors for every room, window, and door. HD security cameras for inside and outside your home. Smarter ways to detect motion that only alert you when a threat is real. And even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Their monitoring experts use proprietary advanced response technology to visually confirm when a break-in is real so you get the highest priority police dispatch. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL 
to learn more. There is no safe like Simply Safe. Jody Biasi back here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. We talked about a multi-year extension for Sabres head coach Don Granato. How about a multi-year extension for Matias Samuelson? And not just any multi-year extension. Seven years. Not one, not two, not three, to quote LeBron James. Seven. Seven years for Matias Samuelson. What? How? When? What? Like, I could not believe I was reading it. I actually got the text from the Sabres PR department where they send out, like, to the different media when I, like, when a move happens before it hits Twitter. I looked down on my phone, and I see seven-year deal for Matias Samuelson. I thought it was a prank at first. Like, come on. Really? And, like, I'm, this is not me saying it's a bad idea. I like it, and I'll get to that in a second. But when do you ever see a guy that's only played 54 games in the NHL get a seven-year deal? You are committing to, can I do some quick math in my head, 1,500 games of Matias Samuelson? I'm doing that right, aren't I? Seven times 82. Seven times 82 is 574. Wait, is that right? Wait, I was way off. Yeah, 500, way off. Uh, 574. They are committing to 574 games of Matias Samuelson after seeing 54. That's just crazy. It's just crazy. It's astounding to see it because you don't see hockey teams do that. And there is a reason for doing that that, again, we'll get to, but you just don't see teams do it. And it's got to be an NHL record, right? Seven years, $30 million for a guy that has not scored his first NHL goal. Is that is that the most money, the most years that any player has ever gotten for, before scoring his first goal? Here's why I think it's a good signing. It's a good idea. It's not perfect, and it comes with its risks. But the reason why I think the Sabres are doing this, and by the way, on Samuelson, zero goals, he's never going to be a goal scorer. Um, let me start with the player before I get to why I think the Sabres did this. I think the player is rock solid. I think this guy is steady. I think this guy is just, he is a horse. He he feels like a guy that's going to be able to log 23, 24 minutes, number one penalty kill unit, and really be my best defensive defenseman, at least for the time being. I think Owen Power, with his ceiling, his potential, and his number one overall pick draft status, and what he showed last year in eight games, Power is likely going to be their best defensive defenseman. Not to say he won't be offensive also, but in his own end, I think Power is going to be their number one. But I think Samuelson's going to be their number two. And I think he's going to be the perfect partner for Rasmus Dahlin. He is just so steady. He is so calm, cool, and collected in his own end. He is the perfect type of power defenseman for the year 2022, where he is big at six foot four, 230, and you can't outmuscle him. He is going to remove you from the front of the net. He's going to do the, some of, a lot of the dirty work. He's not mean. He's not going to take your head off coming across the middle of the ice. There are very few guys like that today that do that. And Samuelson is not that. He's not going to fight. You know, maybe in a seven-year contract, does he have three fights? Like, he's just, he's not a fighter. He's not a guy that's going to be, you know, someone that people have to keep their head up for. He's not that. But he is going to be respectable. He is going to be physical. And he is going to make crisp, clean passes out of his own end. He's going to get the puck to Rasmus Dahlin. And I think having that ability to pass, having that vision, having that ability to not feel pressure, even when you've got a guy hounding you, sticking out your butt because you're six foot four, creating a little bit of space, and then you're able to move the puck wherever you want. 
Samuelson has all of these qualities. He has all of these traits that make him just a great under the radar, nothing special, but just a good, a damn good defenseman, Matias Samuelson. I think you need a guy like this. You do need a guy like this. You don't need a guy like Aristolainen where, you know, he's he's not as entertaining as Aristolainen. That's this is why I wonder how many fans Samuelson will have because there was a there was a crop of Saber fans that loved Ristolainen. Why? He was fun to watch. He had these cannon slap shots and he would score toe drag goals. Remember that one against the Sharks he had like five years ago where he put it between his own legs and went around the defenseman Brent Burns and scored. And he would have these massive hits along the wall. He would just drill people and he would piss off the other team where Brad Marchand, every time they played the Sabres, he just couldn't stand Ristolainen. And that was fun to watch. We loved watching all of that, but he wasn't good. But he, at the end of the day, what did it matter if the player wasn't good? Samuelson, he's really not going to do any of those things. He's not going to piss off Brad Marchand. He's not going to drill a dude into the boards, you know, and, 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 you know, put him on the ground. I mean, he will, but not the way Ristolainen would. He's not going to launch these hundred mile per hour slap shots and score goals from the point once in a while. He's not going to put the puck between his own legs and go around Brent Burns and score a goal against the San Jose Sharks. He's not going to do a lot of these things, but he's a better player. He's a better player because of a lot of the work he does in his own end because of the passing, because of the, the hockey IQ that Samuelson possesses that Ristolainen never did. To me, he is Ristolainen's replacement, but he's a far better version in a far more, he's a more modern version of what you need in a, in that type of player. So for all of that, I think he fits great with Rasmus Dahlin who was his partner at the end of last season and will begin the season as the number one left shot defenseman next to Rasmus Dahlin on the Sabres number one defense pairing. Right now he is a top pair defenseman in the National Hockey League and a lot of that is his team, um, but he has that capability and I think he's going to do fine in that role with the Buffalo Sabres. And last year with Dahlin, by the way, Dahlin moving from the left side to the right side, 54.5% 54.5% Corsi 4 percentage with Rasmus Dahlin and a 51.3% expected goals for. For comparison, Samuelson without Dahlin was at 45%. So with Dahlin, he was a much better player. He was still fine on his own, but he was a much better player. Here's the better number, the more important number. Rasmus Dahlin with Matias Samuelson, 54.5%. Expected goals for Dahlin without Samuelson, 50.7%. Still really good, still really strong, but four percentage points higher is a lot when you're looking at some of these numbers. And it really showed. You just saw the chemistry. You saw the ability to pass and work off of each other. You saw Samuelson being kind of this, to to be, you know, kind of nuanced about it or, um, you know, kind of, reach back to like an old way of thinking about defensemen pair one offensive defenseman with a defensive defenseman because the offensive defenseman has the freedom to kind of roam around, take extra chances because he knows I got a guy back there that he's going to be back there. He's going to be solid. He's going to be mature. He's going to be smart about it, about it. And I think that's Samuelson. Darlene has the freedom to do more things because he can trust Samuelson on the back end to cover up a couple of things defensively if he needs to. And the other thing that I think Samuelson does for Darlene is it allows him to move to the right side. 
Dalin is a left shot defenseman, but he played the right side before he got to the NHL. And there was a reason for that. It opens up the ice for him. It opens up the ice for him. There are more passing angles. Darlene even has spoken about this. There's more passing angles for him to operate and to move the puck around when he's on the right side versus the left side. There are toe drag moves to the wall that he can make when he's on the right side that he can't make when he's on the left side, where he'd be making those moves to the middle where it's crowded and you just, you're going to get clogged. Also, he's on his one-timer. And Darlene is not a guy with a big cannon shot. It's going to be ripping slap shots from the point, scoring goals. But it does help his offensive game a little bit. That He's going to be on his one-timer. He can get those pucks off quicker to the net. And just everything off in the offensive zone, I think, makes more sense when Darlene is on his right side. And Samuelson being that good and that solid on the left allows Darlene to move back to the right. Um, and I think right now makes Darlene their number one right shot defenseman, even though he's a left shot. Uh, so. A lot of benefits to this contract, a lot of benefits to this player, and getting the most out of number 26, I think, is maybe top of the list. Um, here's why I think the Sabres are doing this. Why are they doing it after 54 games? It's a risk. They are taking on risk. They are taking on risk of, yeah, we'll commit to seven years if a guy has only played 54 games. The reason why they're doing it, of course, is they're trying to get a team-friendly contract. They're trying to get it so that down the road, down the road, that contract's going to look like the best contract in hockey or one of them. They're trying to get to a point where five years from now, when we've got three years left of that contract, everybody, because he still has to play the, out the final year of his entry-level deal, and then the contract kicks in, by the way. So next year, this kicks in. In five years' time, we can look at that and think, Ooh, Matias Samuelson at $4.29 million per year. How did the Sabres swing that one? Well, it's because they took on risk by paying the guy earlier than a lot of teams will. That's what they're shooting for. That's what they're gunning for. And I think if there's any lesson that Kevin Adams has taken from Brandon Bean, it's get in, clean up the cap, and get your young players on team-friendly contracts. That's what Brandon Bean did with the Bills. and. Guess what? When Brandon Bean did that, he came in, he cleared out space, he brought in his own guys, he paid them early, um, got them under contract, young and team-friendly deals, so that, yeah, year five, I want to pay Von Miller, I'm going to go get Von Miller and pay him $120 million. I think what Adams is doing here is, yeah, let me get Tage Thompson at $7.1 million, when in three years he might be worth 10 Let me get Samuelson at a $4.29 million rate, when in three years he might be worth six. Why is he doing that? So that, you know what, in three years, if the Sabres are like one player away from being an elite team, they could go, yeah, you know what? Who would be a free agent in three years? You know what? Um, Alex Dabrinkit. That version of Alex Dabrinkit. Yeah, I'll go give him $10 million, $9 million. I'll go trade an asset for him because I can afford it. Because I got Samuelson on this team-friendly contract. And I got Thompson on this team-friendly contract. And again, it comes with risk. It's giving a player that contract before you really know 100% what they are. but. There's upside to this deal. And for that, I like it. I don't love it because it does come with a lot of downside, but I like what Adams is shooting for here. And um, if if you pinned me down and said, do you do this deal or don't do it? I probably would lean towards do it. Uh, and they, they obviously felt that way because they wanted this contract done and done right away. So that's my take on the Samuelson contract. I like it a lot. Um, it's not perfect because of the risk, but I do like it a lot. I really do. But man, it was surprising. 
54 games. And I haven't looked it up. I'm just going to assume. Can I just assume that's an NHL record? Do I have to be? Do I have to fact check myself on this? I kind of want to just assume that zero goals, thirty million dollars has never happened before. Um, but I could be wrong on that front. All right, so those are the uh, the big contracts the Sabres signed before the start of the 22-23 season. Tomorrow is game day. How about that? Tomorrow is game day. The Buffalo Sabres are back in. Well, when you're listening to this, maybe 24 hours, maybe under 24 hours, it's back. We'll preview Sabres and Senators, our first game preview of the season coming tomorrow. So come back tomorrow morning. We'll have the show for you at Sneaky Joe Sports. Follow me on Twitter at Lockdown Sabres. Follow the podcast account, and we'll see you on game day here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. Thanks for making us a part of your first listen every day. Now we're going to make your second listen, Lockdown Fantasy Hockey. Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone bring you the fantasy edge and keep you ahead of the competition with daily updates of news, analysis, and advice Monday through Friday, available on YouTube, Odyssey, and wherever you get your podcasts. Talk to you on game day.